Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Royal Pizza, Pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation for uh, from Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Mr. Escott is a fan of the Texan. By the way, how did they do in their uh, first game to do it, Brendan? We're just going to bring in before hey, we they bring look, them. They, they look, look good, Bob. They looked actually pretty darn good with Tyrod Taylor at the helm. So what does that say about Jacksonville this year? It says that they're going to get thumped bad. Do you think it's a possibility we don't see Deshaun Watson again in the NFL? Unfortunately, I do. And yeah. that's really got me tiptoeing the end of this bandwagon here, the end of the uh, the fandom of, of the Texans. Yeah. Trying to hang in there, man. Uh, try, you know, he was, I'm in a heritage, as you know, a heritage fantasy pool in football. And he, you know, I drafted him a bunch of years ago and, you know, obviously saw him play his last, uh, yeah, well, I, no, I did watch him play his last college game when he won a national championship uh, with Clemson. And the year before, saw him in person when uh, Alabama knocked off Clemson. A uh, guy was a terrific college quarterback for those that are unaware. His, uh, it, technically, is there an investigation, is it an ongoing investigation with the off-field allegations leveled against him? Is that how we describe it? Maybe I think, yeah, I would say that's about as accurate as we can get it right now. Yeah, I think that's as far as we can go with Deshaun uh, Watson, the quarterback. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you, and uh, we are going to bring aboard Cam Moon, who is down at the DCA today, the Downtown Community Arena, to watch the start of Oilers Rookie Camp. Hello, Mooner. How you doing? Oh, doing very well. Great to be in the rink today, too. It, awesome. it is, and I got bad news. Uh, our our plans for tomorrow night have been canceled. Now I'm not sure if you know what we may be able to call to see, if, but uh, fans are not allowed for tomorrow night's Golden Bears game against Mount Royal. So oh. I know that that's disappointing, especially since they were already checking to see if everybody was vaccinated going in. But uh, the university has put a tweet out today, so it looks like our our plans are on hold there. So today, down at Oilers Rookie, one one guy that kind of caught my eye, and I talked about this with a couple other guys that were there, Dmitry Samarukov. Like, there's some kids that look like kids, and then there's a guy that looks like a man, and he looks like a man. Uh, Anybody else besides Samarukov kind of catch your eye down there? Definitely, yeah, Sam Rukoff, and granted, it's it's one session, but in that one session, he looked the most 
ready to play in the NHL of anybody out on that ice. Uh, but beyond that, um, I was kept a, a close eye on Xavier Borgo, the Oiler first-round pick uh, this past draft, and saw what I guess I expected, uh, really good speed, incredible skill. Uh, you can see why he put up numbers and has put up numbers at the Quebec Major Junior League, and you can clearly see why he is uh, going to be in the mix, at least uh, – for the Canadian national junior team or, you know, in that conversation, you know, what he does in the first half of the year is going to determine that, but he's certainly in that mix. So I expected to see that certainly saw it. Uh, Raphael Lavoie is another one that looks like he's getting really close. Uh, and it looks, and I've, I've not seen him play in a couple of years, but he's definitely thicker than he was a few years ago. And uh, and talking in his uh, post-practice media availability, said he has added some weight and good weight. So I was impressed with him. Good hands to go with that size. Um, that he's a guy that that can't be too too far off. You know, as long as uh, the skating continues to improve. Cam Moon joining us. Cam, I left at eleven eighteen uh, to make my way back to six thirty. Chad here. Did they end up scrimmaging at all today, or was it all just strictly skating drills? I, I noticed they started to get in a little bit of compete drills as I was leaving. Yeah, there was compete drills, and then it got into uh, uh, four check drills, and, and then uh, yeah, creating creating off a uh, dump and and looking to. Uh, create turnovers so there was there was that we it got i got a little systemy near the end but no actual scrimmage tell me this you played goal in the whl uh you were not the biggest goaltender uh that said we're going back 30 years and not every goalie was six foot four six foot five seemingly back there and i want to talk a bit about konovalov because he is well, to be frank with you, he's undersized by today's standards in the in the National Hockey League. Ilya Konovalov listed at five foot eleven, one hundred ninety six pounds. Now I know he was out early today. I'm not sure if he left because it looked he like did. he did he leave. Did, yeah. did you notice anything at all when they were working him early before uh, uh, Rodriguez, Ethan Kruger, who was out of Brandon in the WHL a camp invite? Uh, you know, did you notice anything with Konovalov at all? Because we, we get asked, I'd say, and, and maybe it's the Russian thing, like we get asked a lot about Sam Marukov here on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, and a lot of people have a lot of interest in Konovalov. You played the position. The guy had a 9.23 save percentage last year in the KHL. Did you see anything at all in terms of his, uh, his movement and flexibility and, and that sort of thing when they were working with him before the main group hit the ice? No, he just it wasn't on long enough. It's really tough to say. Yeah. He was on early, and then he was gone. And uh, and Jay Woodcroft said after he's working through an injury. So okay, yeah. So I, it tough to say. He didn't it? They were all they had out there was, was uh, Stuart Skinner and uh, Olivia Rodrigue. Like those were the only two going. And I, I never did see Ethan Kruger on the ice. So, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to give you a, a scouting report on him, but he wasn't on there long enough for me to give one. One of the four, I don't know if you, uh, uh, Matvey Petrov, who's the number one pick in the European draft, a six foot two, 212, uh, sorry, yeah, six foot two, 181 pound Russian kid, went in the sixth round of this past year's draft, is going to play in the O this year. He could shoot the puck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 
He fired the puck. I, I was impressed with his shot. I was also impressed with uh, Jake Chason, who plays at the Brandon Wheat Kings. Uh, Oilers took in the in the fourth round this year. I I don't maybe my expectation level wasn't uh, wasn't super high, but I thought his his speed and skill were a little better than I expected, and and he's not small. I mean, they got him at six one one sixty five. So yeah, he's got to grow. He's the youngest guy on the ice there too. Like he's got to get a little thicker. But uh, yeah, Petrov had an incredible shot. That was you couldn't miss that. And then I thought Chason showed really well uh, for his first time out on the ice there with you know, a lot of guys that are older than him and guys that have pro uh, experience. And, and Chason's going to go back and play in the, with the Brandon Wheat Kings and this is his first chance at an NHL camp. I, I thought he showed well, too. Camoon joining us right now in Oilers. Now, all right, circling back, because we're getting a couple more texts on just on the size thing. From your perspective, how much of a factor is that for today's goaltender? Well, if things are equal, then, yeah, you're going to want the bigger guy. But if a guy can play, he can play. Like, if he wins games and he stops pucks, that's the bottom line. Uh, if you got guys that are, you think are equal ability and the one's bigger, you're going to take the one that's bigger. He takes up more net. But, you know, take a – like a, a Jonathan Quick, for example. I, the guy has won. Is he the biggest goaltender? No, he's not. But that hasn't affected his ability to win games and stop box. So uh, it's great to have. You'd love to have it. But uh, if you don't, I don't think it's a 100% prerequisite. If you can, if you can win games and stop box, you don't have to beat the puck up. You just have to stop it. So I, 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 I don't think it's a, you don't have to have it is what I'm saying. And I mean, Cam, you, you do goalie coaching to this day. You've seen the move yep. to, to bigger guardians. When you were playing, yep. when you're playing in the WHL, who were, you know, maybe if you can name a couple guys who went on and uh, either play the NHL or the American league that our listeners would know that were bigger goaltenders, as, as you, you know, you started to see a bit of a movement towards that. Were there a couple guys in the league that come to you, your mind right away? Well, Oli Kolzig was in Tri-Cities, and Oli was a big customer. Uh, so you could see, and he was strong and could shoot the puck and you know, move it quickly. And I mean, he was the probably one of the biggest guys. Like, at the time I was there, I was in the middle. Like, there were certainly goaltenders smaller than me in the WHL. You know, Dusty Emu comes to mind. Yeah. You know, he, he wasn't he was very big, but, but he could stop pucks. I mean, uh, Jeff Calvert played in Moose Jaw. It wasn't very big. Smokey Reddick was in uh, was in Swift. But then you had your you know your kind of your medium sized guys like Chris Osgood or, or Corey Hirsch, uh, Byron Defoe. I, uh, Jamie McLennan was was a little bit bigger, but not Ole Kolvik size. I mean, all those guys were in the league at the same time. And and then I just listed off a bunch of guys that played in the in the NHL. Uh, Trevor Kidd also in the uh, the WHL at that same time. He was probably six two, so he was on the he was on the larger end. You know, Colton was about six four, six five. Uh, but you know, a lot of guys were in that five ten to six one range at that time. Um, 
but you know a lot of you know it was different. The, the position is completely different now in in the way it's taught, all for the better. Uh, the way it's taught. Uh, the equipment has improved a lot. That's helped too. Don't get me wrong. It, that's helped too. But the way we teach it now is far superior. And uh, yeah, if you're bigger, it's it's a complete advantage because you can take away the lower part of the net and still not give up a lot to the top parts of the net um, than than the smaller guy. Smaller guy just has to play a little bit more aggressive and it has to have good anticipation, better than average anticipation and and aggressiveness. We're joined by Cam Moon, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Cam, uh, yeah. we'll get to the seri- like a couple of the differences but in terms of how the position's taught today than maybe when you played, or if it was even taught at all when you played. But when you played, were there teams that you played, you're like, let's not have a line brawl with this team because I don't want to have to go. <laughs> yeah, that was every team we played. <laughs> there you go. That's what yeah. I expected. I got I – got- pumped a few times in junior a before i got to the western league and i got fed so many rights i was begging for a left that i wanted no part of those like and if only colzig was at the other end like i would have crawled over the glass before i'm fighting that guy like that would have been that would have been a oh uh, you're an honest yeah. man so you, you wouldn't have done the steve passmore eh? like he he liked to pick the occasional fight and i know he got speed bagged a couple times pretty good but well, and Passy played in the WHL the same time as I did too, and and he, yeah, he was game for anything. I'll give Steve credit; like he had a lot of jam. Like, and he and if he you know took it on the chin, like whatever, he just kept coming back for more. Yeah, no, I was not in that category. No, <laughs> okay, at all. You mentioned the positions taught differently today. What are the biggest technical differences from today for goaltenders versus, say, even fifteen to twenty years ago? The side to side, uh, the way we teach goaltenders to move from side to side, and I mean the butterfly is one thing, but guys were butterflying back in the late '80s, early '90s, but but they weren't able to get side to side like they do now. Like now, if it's if it's a two on zero, you know, back in the day, you you play a little more aggressive, and and a two on zero, if if executed, you could score on that. I. I venture to say 60 to 75% of the time. Now, not so much because of that ability to, to push off the back foot to get, uh, to get to the side. And then, and then the play when a goaltender is in the butterfly, that ability to move around the net and, and cover a lot of net, certainly all below, but, but quite a bit up high too. Uh, to me, that's a huge difference. Um, and now the equipment has lent itself to that, that you can do that. It, it would be much more difficult with old gear to try and do the same thing. That is part of it, but, but the bigger part is the way, the way it's taught. So that, I love it. I absolutely love it. And, and working with goaltenders, I find it, it's, it's fun. Uh, I like seeing you know, goaltenders get better and all those sorts of things. But, yeah, to me, it would be the side-to-side uh, action for sure. All right, Cam, let's switch focus here a bit to the Edmonton Oilers. Bob, I love the depth and the talent and the skill in the pipeline. I'm still a little worried about the sense of urgency on the toughness part. I think Calgary's strategy will hurt Edmonton or will be to hurt Edmonton. Am I the only one concerned with this? Cam, the Flames have got uh, Milan Lucic. They've got Brett Ritchie. We saw what happened in that fight with Kara last year. 
I've been talking about Brent Ritchie on this show for years. Uh, just that there was a guy that could be a, a useful third or fourth line right wing. Uh, now they've signed Erica Branson on defense, and uh, I think a lot of the the fans, some of the old school fans think, uh, you know, they might be able to have their way a bit with the orders. What's your take on that? Yeah, it's a bit of a concern. Uh, and I know it's not as big a deal as it used to be, but it's still a thing. I don't care what anybody says. If you're if you're a forward that has to go into the corner to go battle for a puck, and you're dealing with a guy that has that element about him and is a bigger player, that enters into the the equation, whether you come out with a puck or not. And if you don't, well, now you don't have it. And you're chasing it around, and you're on defense. And what was the difference? Well, it was the either the physicality or just the intimidation factor was the difference uh, of getting it or not. So I, I, I still think it's a thing. And am I surprised the, the Flames have added a bit of that? No, not at all, <laughs> given who's coaching the team. I wouldn't say that's a huge shock. Uh, but you, you'd like to see, you know, and you and I have talked about it, you know, at length that you don't want a guy like Darnell Nurse, who is a tough customer and, and provides that. You don't want him fighting. You don't want him fighting at all, quite honestly. Yep. He's far too valuable. You need him on the ice. You certainly don't want to risk any injury. So, you know, you just kind of – that takes him out of the mix. So, would you like to see more of it with the club? Yeah, probably. But they got to be able to play. It's not like the old days where you have a deterrent, uh, a nasty morasty, uh, as it would be, as you've talked about, uh, of the of the Danbury team. You can't really have that guy anymore. What did you think of the uh, documentary? Oh, my God. It was unbelievable. Like – I, I love the old footage. I thought they did a great job of telling the story. I didn't really know that story. Um, I, I was I, I was amazed at how well they did it. I was I was also amazed how good that team turned out to be. Uh, the first year I was calling play by play in Nanaimo. Brad Wingfield, who was and they called him Wingnut. He was part of. Uh, the Royal City Outlaws. He was. It was his last year, and everybody was scared of him. And seeing he, he had a pretty big part of that documentary. Yes, it was, he did. Yeah, it was really good to see. But oh, what what an amazing story! I, I'm glad they put that together because I am glad I got to watch that story. And Cam, the last word's going to go to you on our Ashley Fine Floors text line from Hacksaw, Bobby. Can you ask Mooner about his Moon Burger at Cilantro and Chive? Is this an inside joke that I don't understand? No, no, it's an actual thing. Um, it's uh, it's uh, a fundraiser for uh, the charity of my choice, which was Special Olympics Alberta. Okay. Um, and that ties back to Michael McIver, who's the dressing room attendant in Red Deer and ha- still is and has been for 21 years. Um yeah, so every burger that gets ordered in September, uh, a donation gets made to Special Olympics Alberta. So that's a real thing that is happening uh, right now in Red Deer, yes. Awesome stuff. We got a lot of listeners in Red Deer, uh, big fans of the folks in Red Deer. And uh, there you have it, the Moon Burger at Cilantro and Chive. Is it? Is there something, is this any burger or is it a specific no. It's specific, yeah. Uh, the the head chef and I uh, concocted it together. Yes. So what's on it? 
It's uh, it's a chicken breast that has a bit of spice, um, some uh, chorizo on there, and some avocado. There's a little bit of guac in there too. Yeah, so it's, it's a nice touch. Trust me on this one. You are uh, you are a healthy guy. There's no question about that. You you you're not going to have an assistant coach say to you on the plane one time. You know, Bob. There's no old fat guys. <laughs> You know, it's funny. You talk about it, people think you're 350 pounds when you meet them. It's pretty funny. All right. Hey, Cam, uh, we'll see if uh, we can get a special exemption because of vaccination status, if you know what I'm saying. We'll wait well, maybe, see. You, maybe you know a guy. I you might, might know, know a guy. guy. I don't know. Thanks for joining us here in Oilers Now. There you go. That is Cam Moon, who joins us every Thursday here on the show, as does Kevin Weeks, starting in October. For Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. Still waiting on uh, total clarity in terms of potential travel for New West Travel. Dennis and Jason Laliberti and the gang at New West Travel. As we go to list day in Oilers history, and here's Brendan Escott. Yeah, back in 1979, the Edmonton Oilers opened the team's first NHL training camp at the University of Alberta's Varsity Arena. Uh, taking the ice were such names as Blair McDonald and Wayne Gretzky, along with the 1979 draft class of uh, Kevin Lowe, Mark Messier, and Glenn Anderson. Three Hall of Famers in one draft class. Not bad. I think the Steelers had four, for the record. In uh, one year, uh, maybe 73, 74, and around that time. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports tonight, 6 to 8 p.m. What's he got, Shaken? It's going to be a fluid show, looks like. Okay, there you have it. Tomorrow, uh, we have the Edmonton Oilers rookies and the Flames rookies Saturday night, 5 p.m. That game is webcast on edmontonoilers.com. And tomorrow, we'll have Flames assistant GM, the man who put that team together, Brad Pascal, joining us, uh, as well as Sportsnet Spec Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing. In Alberta and from the Oilers Radio Network and Sportsnet, my other play-by-play broadcast partner, Jack Michaels. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Then we've got Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3 and uh, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 here in 6.30 Chad. It is Jalen Nye with 6.30 Chad Afternoons. Have a terrific Thursday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.